This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that would rather wait in line to hear an 86-year-old talk than to buy the latest iPhone. I'm Andrew Page, and with me is, as always, Scott Phillips. G'day, Andrew. G'day, fools. Trust us, we'll explain that one in a minute. That'll make some sense. Uh, today, <laughs> well, Relative sense. <laughs> that's right. Today on the podcast, earnings palooza, palooza continues. Palooza, palooza, palooza. Yes, great effects there too, by the way. <laughs> travel companies are in the spotlight. We heard from Qantas, Flight Center, Webjet, and corporate travel. We'll, we'll do a quick roundup of that. Blackmore's, uh, a lot to talk about there. Retail Food Group and Crown. And, as we hinted, why you should stay up at midnight this Saturday. Now, before we start, Scott, yes. um, the producer gave us a bit of a, um, a comment. A good friend I am, yes. Yes, he said, uh, you guys need to be more entertaining. More entertaining? But <laughs> he knows this is a finance podcast, right? Yeah, he did, apparently. <laughs> uh, you got a joke? Uh, all right, here goes. What do you call a man with a $1 note? Oh, God, I don't know. Bill! Oh, you're going to say Get buck. it, dollar, Bill? <laughs> I said buck. Oh, all right. All right, that's what you get, Liam, for asking that. Let's move straight along. So <laughs> Sorry, Phil. The good thing is that we'll never ask us to do that again. Thank God. i got another God. one for next week. Oh, God. No, no, let's not go All there. Right. So, uh, Qantas Flight Center, Webjet, corporate travel. It was a good, well, it was a big week for travel companies. Well, it was good for some. Good for some, not so good for others. Not so, and some terrible for others. Look, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the, of the travel sector. Well, let's... <laughs> Let, we've got yeah, to start well, with corporate. I've got to get paid more for this sound effect, you Andrew. Should, you really should. They're coming out of the top drawer. You just need uh, two coconut uh, halves there, and we, we're, we're all the way. Um, let's... Not for a bikini, for the record. For the Monty Python <laughs> yeah, clop, clip clop. Yeah, oh, okay. of course. Just, just so we're clear. This uh, isn't a video podcast, thank God. Oh, man. Let's move right along. All right. Uh, corporate travel. <laughs> man, I, I, I was saying to you before, I, corporate travel is one of the real unsung heroes of the market. Yeah. I don't reckon many investors know about it. It's one of those ones that you go back 10 years ago, you would have made an absolute monster and just every reporting season it knocks it out of the park it again really and again and again so tell us a bit about what they do it's i guess the name's on the tin right here <laughs> it pretty much is corporate travel management but uh, it's in the business of uh corporate Bre- travel management. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> no exactly so that's exactly that's what it does it, it, it is a business that is designed to book and provide travel services for its Corporate clients, for business right. clients. It, ASX it, code CTD. CTD, not CTM, which is, I think, Centaur Minerals from memory, but CTD. Definitely not CTM. Corporate CTD. travel management. D. The, um, the, the company has done a spectacular job. It's 25 odd years old. It's been on the ASX, I think, for about five of those years. Mm. Um, and has done a spectacular job of growing sales and profits. It? Yeah, okay, yeah, it's right. relatively newly right. listed. Okay. Uh, maybe six, but. Well, you couldn't have bought it 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you'd done, you would have made even more money, even just more. quietly. <laughs> the, the CEO and founder, Jamie Ferris, is, uh, is worth a pretty penny these days, yeah. having, uh, having taken that business from a private business. He started it 25 odd years ago. Yeah. Um, now a listed business and doing incredibly, incredibly well. Profits are up about 50% um, in, in the last half, which was announced this morning. So you're hearing it hot off the presses, fools. Um, a really, really strong result. From and that's after years and years of double digit yeah. growth. Well, you, this is one of those ones that just, I'm having a quick look now. If it were, if you bought it five years ago, you would have averaged 56% per year. Per year? Per year. What's that compound to about 300, 400%? Oh, man, it's something massive. That's, well, yeah, yeah that's, to, that's Ferrari money. That is right. To, there. To, well, to put it in some context, five years ago the share price was a dollar eighty-seven. It's now seventeen dollars forty-five. That's the best part of a ten bagger. Well, so paying you, divs along the way. If too. you'd invested hundred thousand dollars in it five years ago, you were a millionaire today. So here's the thing, right? So you me. talk about these companies and you go, "Wow, look how great it would have been! I would have made a fortune." <laughs> if only, if only, you know. But it's too late. I've missed it. It's already done. I remember us talking about it a couple of years ago. I'm here going, yeah, I get why you like it. It's it's a great business. And full disclosure here, uh, full Scott is a shareholder, so, so excuse his rampant enthusiasm. <laughs> I'll try and keep him in check. But I remember thinking myself, 
and I, and I do this a lot, you know, being a, a value-based investor, I love a bargain. Mm -hmm. I love a falling share Don't price, not when I own it, but before <laughs> I own it, I love a falling share price. Yes. And, and then, and you think, ah, I've missed the boat. Mm. And I look at it now and you still see, you know, the, the, it's a price earnings of 34, the yield's only one and a half percent. Right. Is it too late? Have, have we missed the boat? Look, these things are always made to make fools of us. But the, the, the reality was we recommended this stock about $2.50, $2.60, something like that, about three or four years ago. Now you're just rubbing it in. No, well, here's, no, here's the thing. So we recommended it again at about 7 bucks a couple of years later. Yep. And we recommended it again six months ago at about $17. Yeah. And so the story has been absolutely the prices off and away. Yeah. The, the, the lesson that we learned, the, the, the benefit that we've had for our members, is that we have recommended the company over time, even as the share price has increased. And this is the thing. Yes, it's expensive on a price earnings basis, but it was a year ago and it yeah. was two years ago and it was five years ago. At six bucks, the PE probably wasn't 34, but it was probably 30-ish. Yeah. And at that point, we could have said exactly the same thing. It's already tripled. The PE is 30. Is it really worth buying? Yeah, yeah. Now, in hindsight, it's easy to say the answer was yes. Yeah, at the time, obviously. it was a bit yep. scary. Yep. Um, Back up the but, truck. But mm. the reality is you look at a business and say, based fundamentally on what it can do, what it can, what it, who it is, who runs it, what it can do, its opportunity in front of it, mm. can it be successful from here? The answer has been for the last four or five Five years absolutely we think so yep so far so good um and we still think it's, it's worth it's buying still today. worth buying today indeed motley fool money okay well let's go from that to something else entirely <laughs> uh Qantas we love to put the boot into airlines don't we don't we it's just it's just a it's, it's either that or miners you know we, we're gonna put the boot in there <laughs> and I should say I, I, I love Qantas I'm a, I'm a massive Qantas fan no, I too. fly Qantas where I can oh, yeah my old line I, I've Trademark this one, Andrew, so you can't use it. Oh. If you do, you have to pay me a royalty, okay. so use it as much okay. as you can. <laughs> fly them, don't buy them. Fly them, don't buy them. Qantas is a fantastic it's airline a to, to fly. Yeah. Just don't buy the shares. Yeah. Well, here you go. So you could have bought it 10 years ago. You would have lost money. Uh, 10 years later, forgetting inflation, uh, including the impact of dividends. Yes, they did pay some dividends hey, uh, for a while, and they stopped for a Good long time, think. and then they've, they've brought it back again. <laughs> But but you know let's let's be fair here. This is a this is a very tough um, industry, well well known to be a tough industry, and and yet I Qantas has done some pretty. I, I think they're probably one of the best airlines in the world. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm talking from an investment standpoint here as well, not just from a, a well, passenger's view. Best is still relative then at that it, point. It's still relative. Shares are down about fifty percent over I ten mean, years. Look, there there are airlines out there who look at Qantas <laughs> and just weep out of jealousy. <laughs> And, yeah. and to be fair, it's been like, although the 10 year record's not great, these guys have Terrible. actually been about 18% compound over the last five years. Alan Joyce has done an absolute bang up job. He's yep. stripped a whole bunch of costs out of there. Um, it just, it just really brought the place into line. There is something else that's helped though, to be fair. Well, uh, yes. Hit us. That's the oil price. Well, that's a bit of, bit of a big cost for, uh, it's an airline. Sli it's slightly material to yeah. their results and the oil price. Look, in the last six months, it's up a lot, right? Yeah. But for the couple of years before that, it yep. was down and falling. Lovely. And the one of the the reason airlines suck as businesses is yep. you've got massive amounts of fixed costs. You're selling a commodity. A seat on a plane is a seat on a plane is a seat on a plane. Yep. I love flying Qantas, but I happily fly Virgin or United or American or Etihad or Emirates or anybody else. Well, especially else. if the price is meaningfully different. Exactly. Right? Yep. So it's a commodity product. Yep. And when, when you're selling a commodity... The, the price will basically fall to reflect the cost of providing that commodity with bugger yeah. or margin in between. Yeah. In the in the good times, as oil prices fall, price seat prices come down more slowly. Yeah. And so you get these great margin enhancements as your costs fall and your prices don't change. Yeah. But over the long term, as we're seeing now, you can get to London return for, a, uh, you get to the US return to San Francisco, I think it is, for like 950 bucks on Qantas. Um, it's just stunningly, stunningly, stunningly cheap. Well, riddle me this though. So oh, I, it's great. Okay. Prices have come down for, for fuel yes. and that helps, but it helps everyone equally, right? It's not as like it's a benefit Correct. that just Qantas enjoyed. And that's the thing. So Qantas enjoyed the benefit while seat prices took a while to come down. Well, everyone else went, 
Gee, the oil prices come down. We're making a bit more money here. That's yep. fine. And for a little bit, for the very early stages, that's great. Yep. And then all of a sudden, some bright spark corner says, we could drop our price and try and get more people to fly our planes instead of our competitors. Win some market share. And then Eddie Emirates says, you know what? We could do that. We could do that too. Well, in fact, we have to, really. It's a well, race to the, the bottom. Thing. So a yeah. couple of them think it's a good idea. And the rest of them then think, well, shit, they've gone down. We better go down we with them. We don't do it. We lose capacity. Uh, race to the bottom. Volume. And, and yeah. so that's, yeah. and it's, it's iron ore mining. It's aeroplane seats. It's a whole lot of commodities are commodities for a reason. Yeah. And this is exactly why. Having said all of that, now yes. I, I think the problem that that I know it's one I struggle with. I won't I won't bundle you in with this. Is that <laughs> you think ah airlines are crappy businesses, miners are crappy business. I just don't look at them. Yep. But there does come a point when it kind of think, geez, despite all of those challenges, you know, I, look, I would if someone offered me the chance to buy Qantas outright, the entire business for a mm -hmm. dollar, I'd take it. Mm. Frankly, it'd be the deal of a lifetime. If Maybe. it was for twenty billion dollars, I wouldn't. Somewhere between those two marks is a very sensible, rational attractive price close to the bottom of that range in the top probably spot. close to the bottom but is that a fair <laughs> is that a fair criticism there. of being too ideological with these things is it not worth keeping an eye and saying look i know it's tough yes frankly three seven well whatever the price happens the yeah. bees you know but look if it got to this and broadly everything's in check i mean that makes and people did some, some people did extremely well over in recent years with with sort of taking that contrarian type view it I'm not going to win you over, but I'm trying no, to play no, no, devil's no, look, advocate. No, no, you're, I mean, you're dead right. Theoretically, intellectually, you are absolutely, there was absolutely a price to pay for Qantas. Yeah. The problem is how much time, effort, energy, risk do you want to put in a buying Qantas when there was 1,900 other companies on the ASU you can look at? Mm. Now, yes, at some point in hindsight, Qantas was a good buy. Mm. And at some point in hindsight, Qantas was a great sell. And if you had hindsight and I can invest in hindsight, then I'll buy last week's lottery numbers. Thanks very much. Yeah. So is Qantas a decent value at some price? Yes, but... Does it ever get there? And what is that price? And how much margin of safety do you want? And again, you can look back and say, well, it was a buck at one point. I should have bought it then. Subsequently, the price could have been 60 cents. It just happens to now be a couple of bucks. And so mm. that the intellectual reality of, is that an interesting intellectual exercise to go through? Absolutely. Mm. Am I better as an investor to say, I can look at 2,000 companies in the ASX mm. and I have to find a way to concentrate my investing effort, time, mm. focus? Yeah. How do I do that best? Frankly, you've been better served for the last decade even despite the fact some people made some money at some points on Qantas, mm -hmm. you've been much better placed to go otherwise. Should we even talk about the results then? <laughs> I think we should probably mention it. Well, they, yeah, they, bet, they, they did better than what they told the market. So things that, <laughs> that's something. Oh, is that, that's called under-promising and the, over-delivering, the, right? The, the, the dividend, I yeah, think, right, was yeah. pulled back a little. It wasn't as high as I was expecting. Revenue was down 3%. Profit was down about 7 on an underlying basis. Mm. Um, it was actually down much more. To be fair to Qantas, it was down much more on a reported basis, but they made a couple hundred million dollars last year selling this, the um, Sydney airport terminal yes. back to Sydney airport. Right, so, right, one off. Um, yeah, yeah, look, so, so look, revenue was down, profits were down. I reckon that's going to be the story of Qantas for a few years to come. Motley Fool Money. Man, we are really dragging this thing out. We're, we're still on travel here. Let's do these ones. Let's do the power, right. power round here. Flight Centre. Not good. Not good. Not good. The results or the company? Uh, the, the results were not good. The company's, I think, pretty good. Yep. So this is a 20, this, this company does $20 billion a year in travel bookings on behalf of its customer, its um, partners, its airline and hotel partners. Um, revenue or total transactions, I should say, were up 2%. So 2% mm. more people travel or spent 2% more at, yep. at Flight Center. The challenge was I misspoke because it wasn't 2% more people traveling. It was a lot more than that. The problem with Flight Center's having is the problem Qantas is having, which is that prices, airline prices keep coming down. Now, Flight Center gets a clip of the ticket. They get to keep There's a There's a certain margin that, on that, but which is nice. It's a margin of a smaller amount. If Exactly right. Yeah. So even though they're doing more bookings, they're taking less money after all of their costs are taken out because they're having to sell cheaper airfares and that's hurting sales. Yeah. The flip side, however, 
is Webjet is not suffering anything like that sort of problem. Webjet, man, this, uh, look, I have completely stuffed this one up with Webjet. I mean, I remember looking at it years, like six, seven years ago, and ever since thinking, I love what they're doing, demonstrably great results. But I mean, how are these guys honestly going to compete with the big international online players and yep. the rest of it? But they do. They do. They've you know, just been phenomenally successful. It's one of those things, you know, it's so, as investors, you got to be a little bit careful with the what ifs, right? Yep. Up to your point. People have been saying for 10 years, when Amazon gets here, JB Hi-Fi is stuffed. Yeah. And the share price has gone from like six bucks to 30 bucks over that time. Yeah. It's, you've got to be a little bit careful. Recognizing a risk and investing accordingly are two different things. There's a, there's a really great sa uh, saying um, by Howard Marks, mm -hmm. he's a real uh, investing, investing guru, uh, hero of mine. He says, being too early is indistinguishable from being wrong. <laughs> and I think that's such a great point. Yeah, so, you know, there's no point in saying this is going to happen and being right if it takes 20 years to happen and there's a huge opportunity cost in between. Spot on. So that, that, that's, that's, the real, that's the real challenge. Uh, WebJet is still susceptible. I think in this space, what they've proven is that the brand actually does matter. And so mm. there are international giants. But right now, the mind share of the Australian consumer is I go offline to Flight Center, I go online to WebJet. Yes, there are others. There are Expedia and Priceline and Hotels.com and other places you can go to get flights. Millions. Skyscanner yeah. and God knows what else. Yeah, heaps. Most Australians are using Webjet. The other thing is Webjet, this is the great thing about companies that have great management teams, Andrew, is that Webjet success has come partly from the Webjet brand and that still is amazingly dominant. Yep. But it's also come from the management of Webjet saying, let's go and do some other things as well. Yeah. So they have a hotel aggregation business, a little bit mm. like whatif.com here in Australia. Yeah. They've got one called Lots of Hotels in, 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 uh, in Europe. Yeah. Sun Hotels they bought in Europe. That's right. So they've, they've, they've built businesses, they've created businesses, they've bought businesses mm. to add value for shareholders. And that's the value of great management teams on top of what is otherwise a great brand in Webjet. Great capital allocators, as we like to That's say. To put it. So very quickly, just before we move on to airlines, I've got to get your view. Uh, Flight Center, buy or sell? Buy. Webjet, buy or sell? Buy. Okay, that, let's let's move right how, along. How about you? How about you? You don't get just to put me on the spot. Uh, I Look, I haven't done the, the, the work. Um, being being the, um, the income guy at the Motley Fool, <laughs> you know, a lot of those companies aren't going to make the grade because of this, the, the low yield. Correct. I think corporate travel is one that I agree with you. I think that's one you don't want to be too too clever with in terms of your valuations. Mm. Um, Flight Center, I th always think with, with me, Flight Center is one of those businesses that you try and be a bit opportunistic with. You can't hope to know when, when it's going to go through a rough So patch. you day trade it. Well, look, here's the thing, right? It's going to be, it's going to be a fairly bumpy ride. Even if it's a wonderful long-term no thing, it's going to be, yeah, it is. It's going to be, it, one of very, it can get knocked around quickly. And what you tend to see with these kinds of businesses, they have the inevitable um, rough patch and that pulls earnings down. Mm -hmm. And then the sentiment plummets as well. So the, the multiple that the market's prepared to pay falls strongly as well. So it's, it's kind of that one is that for me, you want to really back the truck up on when they have a rough period and the market gets in a real funk about it. Like now. Yeah, like now. So that's a buy? There you go. Okay, I've convinced myself just, just <laughs> as I've been talking to him. Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Andrew, you're, you are a dividend guy. And one stock I know you have recommended in the past is Australia's largest vitamin company, Blackmores. Oh, don't and they reported me. they reported yeah. results this week as well. Look, it was a shocker for us. We we recommended Blackmores. It was around 150 bucks. I think it was three or four weeks later they said, "Oh, by the way, um, all this, uh, all this, all this trade into China is a bit of a regulatory hiccup there, and it's just it's knocked the wind out of their sails." So it was a, a wonderful case of of timing there on our behalf. So it happens. You roll with the punches. You, you stand back, and and what we were what we saw um, in the first quarter 
of this current financial year yes. was that sales just plummeted. So there was too much of September in, last year. That's right. Too much inventory in a lot of the so We had all these, uh, they're called Daigu shoppers. They, they buy it off the shelves here. They ship it back uh, to China. Um, they'd been going crazy, cleaning out the shelves. All the retailers are here buying as much stock as they could. And then it just came to a, a sudden stop. So you go to your local chemist warehouse, you buy a, a full box of, of Blackmore's fish oil. Yep. And you send it home. And you send it home right. and, and then you get a much better, and you get a, you actually make a really decent return Until? Until you don't. <laughs> and so Blackmore's has been going directly into China right. um, more recently. They actually get a much better margin in China than what they get here. And that sales was almost doubled, I think. They doubled. The yeah. Nice. So that it is, now look, that's off a small base. Um, and but it is it is doing a lot to offset that slowdown in the Daigo. We're right. also seeing what we wanted to see for the full half year was that the narrative from Blackmore's was that uh, look we've had this this interruption. Uh, our customers have to work through their inventory glut. Once that runs down, they'll start buying from us again, and it it, it you know the party's back on. Trust us, promise. Trust us, and you think like well it was a plausible, totally plausible narrative, um, and it was really encouraging to see that 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 first to second half improvement was actually quite substantial. Okay. So it does give us, it gives us some, some real confidence that the underlying demand for their product is still there. Right. Um, there is a very significant opportunity over in China. It's not all about China though, of course. It's a very dominant, in fact, the best regarded brand here in Australia. Other Asia, uh, places like ta Taiwan, Indonesia, um, oh, I've got the other one now. Some of them just doing incredibly, incredibly well. Mm -hmm. So there is a, there, there is, there is a very, very big um, uh, growth runway there. Right. Um, my view remains that look, once they sort of, uh, and it looks like they're coming out of it now. Once they sort of ride through this sort of dislocation that's occurred due to some some regulatory change in mm -hmm. China, they'll be they'll be they'll be you know everything will be back on again. Right. And that's not to say it's going to get $200 a share anytime soon. Market was absolutely carried away when it got to that point. Um, but overall I was, I was, I was reasonably, um, happy with those results. Nice. You so have, you have a view? Yeah, no, I, I still think it's a buy. I it's mean, buy? Nice. this is the hard thing about, you know, that when you, it's a very difficult thing to do when, when everyone is selling and the news is all bad, it, it, you're going in and you're buying it at that kind of, it's a phenomenally different, difficult thing to do. And it can be quite a while before the market agrees with you. It's a very taxing game. This investing thing, you're, you're, if you're trying to beat the market, you have to find times when you think the market is wrong and the market's not going to all of a sudden agree with you just because you buy the shares. So it's going to, th it's going to continue to believe you're wrong while you're buying until something happens and either you end up being proven wrong yep. or you end up being proven right and the market changes its so, mind, but it can take a lot of time to get to that point. It's a point I made with our members in an update not long ago is that you, you can be the world's best valuer of businesses. Mm -hmm. Absolutely be bang on 100% every time. It gives you no advantage with timing whatsoever, which yeah. is, which is our burden to bear as value investors. Indeed. Um, so, but yeah, look for me, Blackmore's, I thought it was a pretty decent result and it's a buy. Excellent. I, I have to confess, I'm a former Blackmore's employee, so I do have uh, some uh, uh, some baggage there as well. Uh, good baggage in this case. I enjoyed working there. Uh, I, I think this is a, excuse me, a high quality Australian business. I think that investors got ahead of themselves and the company probably got ahead of itself too in the yep. Daigu sales. Yeah, that's fair. Easy to think that, you know, happy times are here again, that good, good times are going to continue forever, yep. um, that they'll never look back and all of a sudden they'll be the biggest brand in China in five years. Yeah. And I think that was what the market got carried away with. And I yep. think it's fair to say the company got carried away with. Yep. To be, look, if there's a sale that we made, you make it. So I'm not criticizing them for making the sale. I think they probably built costs and they built infrastructure and they built expectations in the market, which weren't supported by the reality. I think Blackmore's is probably a buy at today's price. I want to see a little bit more of the bad news wash out. But to your point, Andrew, maybe by the time that does happen, we're paying a much higher price. And hopefully if you're members, that's the case. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Mate, have you seen the time?
I have seen the time it's, we're getting. We are. On. This is ridiculous. Power round. Power it's round. Time for the power round. Did we say that about the last one? I did. <laughs> power <laughs> round number two. Ninety percent of people have stopped listening with by even, this stage. With so even okay. more power. It's okay. <laughs> power squared. <laughs> RFG. Yes. Does anyone know RFG? Retail food group. Yes, I buy. Retail food group, Brennan Coffee all the time. Well, of course they do. They're, they, what are these guys? <laughs> these guys are Gloria Jeans. Exactly. They're Donut King. They're a whole host Michelle's of these. Patisserie, BB's Cafe, Brumby's Bakery. That's right. Plenty Brand systems, they're called, or to the rest of us, <laughs> Franchises. Franchises, correct. Brand and system sounds much better. It does sound pretty cool, doesn't it? You charge it? more for a brand system than a franchise. <laughs> yeah, it's a system. Exactly. But look, these guys just did it <laughs> incredible. You know, revenue was up over 9% or yep. so. Net profit up 17%. They we are all drinking many, dividend. many more coffees. Well, it seems as though we are. Yep. And, and this is a very much a story of um, expansion and still rollouts, mm -hmm. particularly uh, over in uh, internationally, they're, they're really getting some good traction there. Um, I think it's a really phenomenal business. The yield's pretty decent. Um, I, I really rate the management of this company too. Yep. They have just got such an incredible track record. It's a buy for me. Excellent. I completely agree. We have it on both of our services and it's also on Million Dollar Portfolio, the portfolio service I run that's investing, funnily enough, a million dollars of the Motley Fool's own money. Um, we like Retail Food Group a lot. There's a lot more opportunity and a lot more success, we think, to come from RFG. Motley Fool Money. We're going to have to uh, punt uh, Mr. Packer and Crown this time, though, are we? We are out of time because we have to save a little bit of time. We do. To talk. It's a very exciting time for the investing Let nerd community. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about our favorite octogenarian. Our favorite octogenarian, who we can't go a sentence without mentioning, is, is obviously Mr. Buffet. Um, uh, guy who's been running uh, Berkshire Hathaway with his, um, with his partner, Charlie Munger, Indeed. for, what, 50 years now? More than 50 51, years. 51, actually, I yes. think, this year. Um, and... On Saturday night at midnight. Yes. What's like he, an hour, what, depending what, on where you are in Australia. What's he releasing? He's releasing his latest shareholder letter. Oh, wow. That sounds exciting. <laughs> so I can, so I, this 88-year-old 80 year dude's going to be writing a bit of stuff on some paper. And already, gonna... already written it. 86, thank you, not 88. Don't, 86, don't give him too I'm many sorry. more years. We, we want to hang around a bit, more, a bit longer than that. Uh, I have been guilty of staying up both at midnight and also getting up early in different years to read... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we'll edit that one out. <laughs> to read Warren Buffett's annual letter to shareholders. Buffett is a genius investor. He is the greatest investor we've ever seen. And he's also very, very folksy in his communication. There is never, ever, ever a year as an investor that you don't learn something and more often than not four or five things from a Warren Buffett shareholder letter. Oh, look, obviously I'm a fan, but it, you know, I do cringe a little bit when we talk about Buffett because I think one of the one of the shames is, is that because there's a lot of sort of spruks as they sort of get onto this and it becomes this sort of, uh, authority by association type thing. We yeah, mentioned right. a few Buffett quips and all of a sudden we're smart, sensible investors. And I, I think, I think that does get overused in the industry. And I think understandably people out there listening to all this going, oh, bloody Buffett again. Yeah. whoop de doo Um, why, why should I actually pay attention? Because Buffett has compounded returns at 20% a year for that 50. Well, Tiger Woods is hitting a million holes in one. Doesn't mean I can go not out anymore, there and do not. it. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the point, right? That, yeah. This is exactly the point right. is that Buffett has done it for a half a century. Yeah. 20% a year for half a century. I mean, that, that is, yeah, Woods was great for what, five years, seven years, and then mm. has completely fallen in a hole. What Even, a hack. What a total hack. Exactly. Well, this is the thing, right? So anyone can have a good streak. And right. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not decrying Tiger Woods' success, sure. but. When you can do it for 50 years straight in changing economic environments, changing business environments, changing investment environments, like there wasn't color TV when Buffett started, yeah. right? And now we've got, I've got a phone in front of me that had, that had you know, better tech than the, than the space shuttle. Like yeah. it's, yeah. you know, the, the change over that period of time is so astronomically huge that if anyone can beat the market by such a long way for such a long time, yeah. that says something about why you should listen. And to your point, you know, yes, people cringe about mentioning Buffett, 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 Buffett. Yeah. 
you know what? If if you're ta- if you're cringing at hearing that, I'm gonna say please stop and have a, have another look because it's easy to dismiss it. Except that the guy is a certified genius. Mm. He is a spectacularly successful investor. And you know what? If you're not following Buffett, then what are you doing? Like, who, who else are you listening to, and Who's where are you going to get model? better results? Yeah. Right. So well, I mentioned Howard Marks and the Mungus yeah. and all of that. The, the interesting thing is when you look at all the the, the investors with long, long, attractive, long, long term track records. They all basically singing from the same song, yeah. uh, hymn sheet anyway. Buffett has this wonderful way of just condensing <laughs> yeah. all of this stuff into these nice little pithy one-liners. If you're not going to follow but, Buffett, then who are you going to follow? And if you're not following anybody, then do you really think you're going to do better? Yeah. Trying to try to chart your own path? Yeah. There, are, there is zero benefit of degree of difficulty in investing, mm. and you get no marks for originality. Yeah. You only have to get great returns. Take what someone's giving you. Buffett has written these letters for 40 years. Yeah. Pick Since it up, 1977. Pick it up, learn from letters. it, and then go and implement his strategy. He's giving it to you. Now, we can't all be buffer. I'm not going to get 20% returns. You're not going to get 20% returns as, as smart and capable as you are. We are but but you, we're going to do better listening to buffer than not listening to him. It makes zero sense to ignore that ability to hear from literally the world's best ever investor. You know, it's funny. It's, we often get the question um, from our members, I'm, I'm interested in learning more. What should I do? And, and we always point to these letters. Yep. They're free on the website. It doesn't cost you a cent. <laughs> exactly. If you want to spend a, f- a few bucks, I, mean, I think 15, 20 bucks, there's yeah. a wonderful book called The Essays of Warren Buffett. By Lawrence Cunningham, correct? So he's, he's basically taken all those letters and he's condensed them and he's put them into some, in some kind of logical order. Yep. You know, it'll take you less than a week to read. And you will come out of that a far, far, far better investor than you ever would if you did an MBA or anything like that. You will learn so much about business and investing by reading that book. Uh, yes. Uh, do we sound like sycophants? Yes. Totally. Why? <laughs> but, but why? Because yeah. it's actually true. And we benefited so much from it that we want you, our foolish listeners, to, to equally benefit. If you haven't read it, do yourself a favor. Spend the 20 bucks. It'll be close to the best 20 bucks you ever spend, um, other than the Casey, your, your, your favorite. Um, so go and get stuck into it. Enjoy. You will very much benefit from doing yes, so. Yes, and we will be waiting with great anticipation. There will be a test. It will be a test. <laughs> uh, we better go, Scott. This is go. getting ridiculous here. Um, thank you again to all our listeners. We always enjoy your company. Don't do. forget that you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley Fool podcast uh, through the Triple M website or iTunes or your favorite Android app. And as we always say, please give us a five-star rating. We Indeed. really appreciate it. And don't forget, Fools, you can go to www.fool.com.au forward slash Triple M and subscribe to Motley Fool Take Stock, our free newsletter which will give you a little bit more of foolish insight from us and from our boss, Bruce Jackson. Nice one. Well, until next time, full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.